swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads with bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's horse. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest with toe and earl rock shoes to ever clue easter eggs and gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control issues Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. We are Control Issues. Thanks for... Wait a minute. Second. Run it back. Hey, no, not, not physically. <laughs> I was going to keep rolling. <laughs> let's, let's go. Let's go. Oh, we're still rolling. Yeah. yeah. So, we are Control Issues. You can go to control-issues.com. That dash is a hyphen. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, give us five stars. We need it. Trying to get that ad revenue. You can also go to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure and head on over to Twitter. My control issues is the handle AMC. How you handling life right now? Uh, Doing all right. Doing all right. Doing all right. <laughs> you laugh. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about Theo having his moment, but yeah, we're doing all right. We uh, bombed our garage to uh, you know take care of some bugs. Well, the neighbors are going to bomb their garage, and our garages are connected, uh, so we're just like, well, if you're going to bomb yours, we might as well just bomb ours. Yeah, because so, they're going to seek refuge in your garage. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's kind of the point. Yeah, so we both just did it at the same time. So you know, did our thing. Um, not much this week. Watching a little more of uh, Invincible. Um, still highly recommending that show. It is absolutely amazing. Uh, if you have Amazon Prime Video, hop on that. Watch that. If you like The Boys, and you'll love Invincible. Uh, I got to get on to it. I got to get on The Boys, man. Oh, The Boys is so good. You, got two, you have two great shows on Prime right there. There's so many great shows, but those are two great. They're just superhero shows, especially like you know generic superhero shows where you don't already know like the superhero and all that all that jazz like uh completely new worlds and very hardcore takes on those worlds i'll say um it's kind of like legos with me like the idea of the build is more is more exciting than actually building the thing it's like the idea of watching these shows is more exciting than watching them but at the same token like i I felt the same way about this, the third season of Stranger Things, but then I watched it and I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I've been like that with, like, the Marvel shows. Like, um, I think I'm on the last episode of Loki, and, like, I've just been like, this show is the shit. <laughs> like, this is incredible. Yes. Uh, uh, Loki is so fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, how about yourself? How's your week been? Uh, not too bad. Little, little bit on the warm side. A, a touch touch of the horribles out there <laughs> but, uh, we got this three-day weekend coming up i'm uh, moving around the neighborhood making new friends so you know a dub might might have a little get-togethers to go to in the future you know taking a little time off hurt my wrist beating up them bags at the gym so taking some time off really working out had a little scare where your boy blew up about 10 pounds falling back into old habits but melted that off 
no problem, slim, trim, back up in it, ready to win. And yeah, man, just, just living, enjoying my life, being responsible, moving forward, making progress. Nothing special to talk about unless right. you got something to ask a player. Nah, let's just get right into it, A-Dub. What games have you been playing this week? So took a little time to play some games a little bit more as I'm going to, you know, ramp back up into my studies fairly soon. And I cut on Biomutant for a hot second. Yeah. Still kind of taken by the raw visual quality of it because, again, it's it's not – one of the greatest games ever, but it is fun. It has a ton of content. It has a lot of area to explore. It has charm. It has good presentation. And it's like, it doesn't take itself overly seriously. While at the same time, it's not just, you know, knock your socks off silly. So it's a fun game. It's a good time. Got in, got reacclimated to the, the combat system, explored, found some stuff, moving some things along and, you know, got the flame suit, so now I can go in the flame areas, even though I have 100% flame resistance, so I can probably go in there anyway, as is. And, yeah, just enjoyed my time with that. Played some Hades. You know, every now and then I like to fire it up, put a run in, get some resources, make some upgrades, try to get closer to the end of the story. Uh, I think I played it twice, and I ended up escaping one of those two times. So just getting a little closer to seeing the credits. Also got a much better handle on Demeter's boons using all the chill effects. Finally noticed that it reduces the movement speed and attack speed of boss characters, which made my already, you know, fast paced target acquisition and maneuvers on the battlefield even more easy to pull off, especially when you're fighting a Theseus and Asterius because you know, it gets pretty crazy with not just one, but two bosses. You know, I'm using the packs of punishment. So I increased the the variations that occur in the level one Tartarus boss fight. So now I'm not just ever fighting one of the Furies. Sometimes I'll fight two of them. Sometimes I'll fight all three of them together. So, you know, getting used to having multiple bosses in play at the same time. But yeah, with the chill effects, it just slowed them down to the point where I, I could already read all their moves at regular speed. So reading them at reduced speed was just like, oh, y'all some little bitches. Like there was, there was a few minutes where I just wasn't getting touched. It was, it was the most empowering feeling I've had in that game since I first escaped. Oh yeah, did that, having some good times, finding some new stuff. I believe... I made some decorations and I unlocked something. I just forget what it is at the moment. However, I also fired up, I think I fired up No Man's Sky for a hot second just today before the show, because that got some new content that we're gonna talk about a little later today. And per the usual, it continues to knock my socks off every time I see that game after a long period away from it because that smooth 60 frames per second, that visual overhaul, the PS5 version with the improved draw distance, the higher level of detail, it just, it, it looks, it doesn't just look better than the game 
that they were putting together back in 2016, but it also just looks, it looks greater than anything I could have imagined for that game. Like even the combat feels a little better. And, you know, we'll talk about the new comment, I mean, new content in that topic of the week. But yeah, man, that's all I got into. I've been having a hankering to fire up Bloodborne and get myself used to that again and finally beat this triple troll boss fight in the, in the Chalice Dungeon. Oh, whatever. That's a story for another day. AMC, what have you been playing? Uh, this week was all Wizard of Legend. Yes. Um, damn, I finally got to the final boss of that game. Uh-huh. Uh, you know how it goes. Beat the first phase. He uh, upgraded, and then he whooped my ass. <laughs> so, <laughs> But this is my first encounter with him. So I got a taste of it. I finally got that good run. I finally got that right build. So now I'm like, I'm I'm slowly learning like um kind of like what are the um the combos, the mix and matches of the uh the relics and the cursed relics. Um I had mentioned in the previous episode they put out an update and they put like some indicators basically by saying like this this relic is part of this set. So you at least know some of the matchups. There are some in there that like don't uh they don't indicate it all so there's still some secret like um combinations but yeah um so i mentioned the other week that i got like the uh i think it's like the magician's outfit or like the sanguine set whatever it is but uh i with that one every time i kill somebody i get health and every time i land a critical hit i get health so adds a little bit of survivability but the thing that uh that i got this time that i realized is so they're in the game one of the relics that you get is a a horse head (laughs) And what that does is it basically um, makes the uh, it, it it makes the cooldown to when you can start running a lot shorter. So it's like I push the stick forward, maybe take two steps, and you know, I'm already off and running with the horse head. And then so with that, I just thought that was its own thing because it didn't say that it was part of a set. And then randomly, I went to the item shop, and there was a a unicorn a unicorn's tail. And I was like, all right. And it didn't say anything about what type of benefits you would gain from picking up the tail. So I was like, ah, whatever. I'll, I'll buy this anyways. I had like money. I had a ton of gold at that point. So I pick it up. Next thing you know, it matches up with the uh, the horse head. And so that head, I believe, became like a unicorn's head. And every time I ran, I had a, a rainbow behind me. But the more important thing was I literally just immediately when i take a step forward i'm already sprinting as opposed to you know like a short jog then to like a strong sprint like i just take off right away so that that zero to 100 is nothing um so yeah i got some of those things just got a really good run get to the final boss beat the first phase and i'm like all right like i think i'm like strong enough to like like i'm fucking this dude up like Mm -hmm. uh, my attacks are strong enough i'm gonna get through this and then he gets the second phase and he's like all right well now now that you beat the first phase or whatever, we will now face as real wizards. And so he changes, puts on the cloak, and immediately is just all in my ass, just whipping out all the attacks all that I can do. All the spells are just at his disposal. And it's just hard to get a read on him because it's the first time. And so you're trying to learn his attacks, but his attacks are just all over the place. He has the melee attacks, the distance attacks, the mid-range attacks. He's just fucking me up. Um I got I got about halfway to his health down. Da- I got half of his health down before he took me out. So now, um, now that I know that, I'm gonna do a little more tweaking, and then uh, hopefully the next time I go at him, I will have his number. But yeah, that that game is absolutely amazing, and uh, can't wait to put it down so that I can move on to the next game. Yes, 
So let's get right into it, A-Dub. Let's get into these topics of the week. Top topics of the week. You want to you want to lead it off first? Oh, you're going to hand it to your boy. I see how you're going to do me. All right. Well, let's start on a high note. We got the September 2021 PlayStation Plus lineup. Nobody excited. Not even AMC. <laughs> so, yeah, we got the September PS Plus games. These include Hitman 2, Predator Hunting Grounds, and the one I'm personally interested in, Overcooked All You Can Eat. How yeah. do you feel, AMC? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a great lineup. Uh, I already own both Overcooked and like the DLC, so like that one doesn't really mean as much to me. But the people who haven't played Overcooked, it's an incredible game. Uh, so yeah, uh, finally they'll get their hands on both games with all the content. So it's a it's a good way to if you're going to dip your toe in the water, well, you have all of it to to you know to play with after the fact. Um, Hitman Two, that's the one I'm definitely going to download. Uh, oh. Just uh, I don't know if I'll play it, but I just know people love the new Hitman series. The it, at least the way it's been going since they um, you know got away from Ubisoft, and so knowing that this game was loved by so many, I definitely will add it to the collection. Who knows if I ever get to it, but it'll be nice to have there. Uh, and then um, was it Predator Hunting Grounds or Proving Grounds? Yes. Yeah, that one. I mean, I don't, I'm sure people love it. There's like somebody in my like. When I when I look at what people are playing in my uh, on my friends list, there's somebody who actually plays this game all the time. Um, but you know, I don't really have any interest in playing it. And it's usually with these games, like with just uh, the PS Plus games in general, the offering. I know the odds are that I'm never going to get to them, but I still add them to the library just in case one day I do, or in just in case you know Theo might want to play one of these games down the line. So you just have it marked. So with that, looking at predator the case being that i'm probably not going to buy it and since this game is you know a multiplayer game um i'll probably just skip it all together because i'm one if it's still around by then i'm not sure what state it's going to be in if it's just gonna be like a you know just when games typically when they get to that point where they're not being um you know taken care of by the developer the same way it was at launch that's when like all the, the cheats start like showing up <laughs> and then, like the, the game just gets crazy like go back and play like a call of duty like years after it's come out and you'll just see like how people the cheaters have gotten in there and just taking control of the complete multiplayer scene so because of that i probably will skip on predator but you know this is actually a great lineup what do you think oh, yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to Overcooked. I've been in the market for a multiplayer game just on the off chance. I have guessed the off chance, the inevitability that I have guests again. So I wanted to get an extra controller as well. As a multiplayer gamer too, I was really a fan of Overcooked when I got to play it with you and Marissa back when we were allowed to visit each other. And yeah, man, I feel like that's a franchise I want to continue to support. I just, I love the, I love the charm. I love the game design, I love the overall aesthetic. It, it, how many games are there where the idea is to cook food? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's a, it's a unique idea. It's a very cute game. I'm excited for that. Hitman 2, like Hitman, I love and respect that franchise, but I also know that it's much more of a commitment and it's a kind of mindset that I don't easily slide into. Like it, there's a lot of analytical and critical thinking that goes into you know 
a hitman game and sometimes i just don't want to use that kind of horsepower <laughs> on, my, <laughs> on my brain like some i it's it's not that i want easy games it's not that i want games that are more simple or less complicated it's just that i want i want games that i want games that i'm like i'm interested in playing and enjoy playing i hate to use those words because it implies that i'm not interested in or enjoy hitman it's that i do it's just i don't i don't want to spend more time walking around the world listening to stuff you know trying things you know trying to solve the murder puzzle than actually making progress and i understand that i'm starting to sound like the people who don't like roguelikes like i just i want to make meaningful progress <laughs> it's like, yeah oh uh, i will progress in hitman i'll most likely beat it i just don't the time investment is something that i don't want to put in so whatever that's that uh predator asymmetrical multiplayer game that's not something that i'd be interested in at all so no interest there however overcooked is going down amc next time you're in the hood it's going down. <laughs> Hell yeah. You can even so, get Doomgaze on it. You can get Doomgaze on it. Gotta get a third controller. Ugh. Yeah. Why don't, they just, why don't they just give us controllers? <laughs> Sony gouged me for peripherals right at the console. Come with two anyway. They're yeah. trying to They're trying to encourage single player games. They just want my money. <laughs> they just want me to play multiplayer online. They just want me to play with Plus. They're trying to kill Couch Co-op. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, it's so easy to make conspiracy theories but yeah uh, the September PS Plus games those will be available from September 7th to October 4th make sure you add them to your queues or download them and enjoy them while you can AMC let's get into our next topic of the week top, topic, topic of the week yes uh, this is a follow up to a topic from last week that was as we covered Gamescom one of the uh, big announcements from that was the confirmation of Marvel Midnight Suns, that being the Firaxis XCOM, but not XCOM style of game. Yeah. <laughs> they kept saying, like, oh, it's an XCOM style of game. And then, like, in the interview, it says, yeah, this game is going to be very different from XCOM. But anyways, from the developers of XCOM, uh, they put out their own Marvel game. And Theo is having a rough time as I'm discussing it because of one of the big announcements within it. That being, <laughs> uh, as we saw the gameplay reveal... Uh, they revealed what made it different from XCOM, that being that it has a battle card system. Yes. Um, I'll just run through all the details and we can just and we can get right into it. Um, uh, so what we've learned, each hero will have special abilities. They will also have combo abilities that you can use with other heroes. Um, they also sh- uh, showcase you know, the use of the environment. We saw a lot of explosive barrels um around the you know just around the terrain we also saw that you can throw somebody off the side of a skyscraper (laughs) to get rid of them yes uh yeah it's it's great like uh, it's not just um it's not just you know getting your attacks off it's also about like maneuvering abilities uh, maneuvering enemies as well to you know to to get these chain reactions if you will to like take out multiple enemies or to just knock knock out another enemy uh we also saw the abbey which is where, uh, which will be the player's base of operations. Uh, there, you'll have inter- you have opportunities to interact with the other heroes to build those relationships. Uh, through that, you'll gain more abilities. Uh, and just in general, with any game like this that has a hub world, there are places where you can go and fine tune some of your abilities. Um, 
So with that, the fact that it has a, you know, a card system in it, you know, people had their questions. What does this mean? Uh, will I have to, will, the, will you be selling decks? And so there's going to be a ton of microtransactions in this game. Oh, God. Yeah. And so. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And so all it took was uh, just a quick check on Twitter from the Midnight Suns, um, you know, their Twitter handle. They addressed this really quickly and they said, hey, folks, regarding our battle card system, there are no loot boxes in Marvel's Midnight Suns or related microtransactions to get more cards. Uh, we will have pure cosmetic character skins for purchase that do not affect gameplay balance in any way. But I argue that skins are gameplay <laughs> oh my god i don't believe people made that argument watch <laughs> it is gameplay like, yeah, oh really yeah <laughs> do you move faster do you shoot better yeah and someone actually tried to make that argument too they were like when you have your your favorite skin you just you perform better <laughs> shut up yeah <laughs> so with all that said adub how do you uh, what were your thoughts about the uh the gameplay reveal First of all, I was overly ecstatic to see it because I'm excited for anything Marvel oriented. But once I saw just number one, a horde of enemies at any given time, I don't think we saw any combat scenario where there were just like a handful or a small smattering of enemies. There's like 10. <laughs> that's just like, that's, it, it seems overwhelming, especially if you have extensive experience with tactical turn-based uh, games like this. But when you think about it, it's Marvel, you're superheroes. You're gonna be taking out just waves of enemies. You've seen the movies, you know how they get down. So yeah, saw the tactical turn-based, saw that they're gonna be throwing lots of enemies at us, saw that they're having iconic locations like the, the Avengers Tower and, you know, going to hell or some kind of hellscape, you know, just all kinds of different locations to flex your marble muscle. Uh, they're going to have hazards as you detailed before. They're going to require you, they're going to require you to, you said that you have to position enemies. Like one particular scene saw a bunch of enemies standing in a line with Captain Marvel shooting a beam through all of them for just like half a dozen one hit kills we're seeing the hunter character which is the player's customizable you know character for this game they're doing things like hitting enemies into each other or throwing them into walls and you know it's it's awesome because you don't really see that kind of stuff with tactical turn base at least not not emphasized as a core aspect of the gameplay they're usually like additional things you can do if the situation presents themselves with Midnight Suns, that's going to be the way you play because at any given time, you're going to have your three heroes. I know last week we talked about like what, what three heroes would you take into battle with you as the hunter, you know, assuming it was going to be a four player party, but it looks like you're going to be the hunter with two players. So you're, you're three people, it's card based uh, something I also noticed was that a lot of the attacks are area of effect, which makes sense. And it, it's it's just awesome. Once I saw the cards, it was like, okay, now we really have something. Because tactical turn base is one thing. And, you know, you go in, you have your menu, you pick the best attacks, you weigh your percentages, your accuracy, and all that stuff. Like a game like, like XCOM would tell you or, or Wasteland 
Like those are the way those operate. But with this one, your attacks are all based on cards. So now what I'm thinking is that one, I like card-based gameplay just in general, love Deep Sky Derelicts. I love trading card games like Yu-Gi-Oh! and you know Hearthstone and those kind of experiences. But with this and that tactical turn-based system, it it presents an opportunity for more dynamic combat where you're still going to have the same attacks and buffs and you know other other kinds of cards that you're supposed to have in a given encounter, but because you're not picking from a list, the player isn't just finding the thing that works best and spamming that in every encounter. Just like, all right, I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna use this area attack, I'm gonna go right here, I'm gonna use this area attack. Instead, you gotta, you literally have to play the hands you're dealt. So you're going to either you're either going to have the attacks that you want all dished out in your hand, or you're going to have to figure out a means to maneuver through the battle until you set up that hand where you can execute that combo that's just going to shut everything down. So it's like you're not going to open every battle with your biggest attacks. You're going to go in, and eventually you're going to work your way to that. It's just going to be so much more organic and dynamic. And that's really what I'm looking forward to most. Uh, I believe the roster is something like 12 Marvel superheroes, of which we don't know all of them yet. However, we got Blade, Ghost Rider, and Doctor Strange. So I'm set. <laughs> that's all I need. ASC, you got any more details about Midnight Suns for us to gush over? Um, hey, real quick. Uh, so I just looked up this Deep Sky Derelicts game. Uh, <laughs> this game yeah. is dumb. <laughs> I I enjoyed it. It's very it's I'm very simple. This. I'm loving this trailer. Uh, sorry, gotta keep going. It's very <laughs> it's very simple, but it has enough nuance, enough depth, and plenty of content to really to really drive home the point. It's not a very long game. However, the further you get into it, the more it's like, yeah, I'm fucking playing this shit. Like, there's I've always I still have this idea of a game I want to have where you have this basically like bounty hunting slash repossession company and you operate on the surface of a moon and you get your contracts, you go into space and you either track down the bounty or you repossess the ship or whatever property, you bring it back to your little junkyard on your moon, you go into town, you do all your town stuff, you part out the ships and that kind of thing. Like with Deep Sky Derelicts, you had your base of operations, which was like the little the little space station. And you go to the ship, you go on the ship, you explore the ship a little bit at a time. You're looking for something specific in order to progress the story. But at the same token, you're also looking for anything that's going to help you along the way. And there are hazards, there are enemies, there are NPCs with their own little side quests and stories. And it's it's one of the closest things to the kind of game I want to make right along with the uh, Void Bastards, but that one's more of a first-person shooter. That's also a roguelike. Oh, so good. But yeah, man, with Midnight Suns, that, that card gameplay, I'm so excited. I want to build my deck. I want to see what other cards do. I want to see Dr. Strange casting spells. I want to see all those visual effects. I want to, I want to discover the secrets and the nuances of that game 
so much. Yeah. So yeah, I'll get right into it. Sorry, I'm just fucking. I went down the rabbit hole while you're talking on Deep Sky Derelicts. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this game might be a purchase in my in my near future. Um, yeah, yeah, it's then, so, it's surprisingly good. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I like the uh, the trailer had like some like one. I just like the the look of it, and then it has like a very comic book feel, uh, at least in like how the attacks were presented, which is awesome in its own way. Um, all right, let's get right into it. Yeah, Midnight Suns. Yeah, I, I really right when the, the moment I saw that it was a a card battler i was like oh holy shit or at least it had this gameplay mechanic of card battling i was just like holy shit like this is definitely awesome uh it's something different you know when like, i'm not gonna say we're getting a ton of tactical turn-based games but we're getting a lot of good tactical turn-based rpgs right now and um so you do like when you see something that's slightly different that is something that always um you know intrigues you and so like um with this one, the thing that really intrigued me being different is that it's a Marvel game and holy shit, I haven't really played a tactical turn-based Marvel game. So that already has my interest, but you know, I assumed it was going to be kind of similar to the other ones. And then once I saw I had this card mechanic, I was like, holy shit, they're doing something completely different. And you know, like what I love about card mechanics uh, is that I, I like the randomness in it. You have your deck and with like Hearthstone, any of those games, it's about being able to adapt on the fly. And so you build your deck, but you build your deck in a way where you know you can kind of handle any any scenario that gets tossed your way. Or at least every card is strong enough to stand on its own when you're presented with a problem. And so uh, that's, that's part of the fun part. You can't rely... Like, I know in Divinity, it's like... I kind of had like Divinity is still a tough, tough as fuck game, but I, I, I knew kind of how I engaged the enemies as far as I knew my seal set, and a lot of it just depended on how the battlefield lined up. Um, once I got there, then I'd make my adjustments there. But for the most part, I knew. All right, I have this attack. I'm gonna lead off with this. Then I'm a, I'm gonna cast this enchantment spell, and then I'm gonna do this, and then I'm gonna hit them with that. And I kind of like knew the order of operations. Whereas with a card battler, at least throws in a little bit more um, variety where then you have to adapt a little bit more to the gameplay. And as you said, for the people who are worried, like, oh, it's a card game, yada, yada, you're still rolling with the Marvel Universe. You still got Wolverine on your squad. He's still going to cut up people. It's not like Wolverine's going to be sitting back throwing out healing potions now <laughs> and he's just going to work as a support character um they're still going to play to their strengths and it's up to you to then develop that deck to really bring out the most of that character so with all that said uh then you throw on top of that just uh the, the battlefield management which is another great part about uh you know tactical turn-based games is you know you have your field of battle and you're trading off movement and so you're really trying to be in the best position for when either the enemy steps into a trap or to never put yourself too out of position to where you step into a trap. Uh, and so there's, it's a little bit of a chess game, but with these, these pieces that you're also oh familiar with. And um, so with that, yeah, like uh, I remember what you, what you were just saying earlier about the, uh, the fact that you'll be, you know, like you'll be able to toss enemies. Like I know like with like a lot of games, like you might be able to teleport enemies, but there's not really a thing of like, 
picking up somebody and just launching them <laughs> like across yeah. the battlefield. So like you could you could push them back a space or two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. But this is like absolutely awesome. And so with that, like I I'm really like I'm hoping that like the game really uh, opens up. Like we we got very we got a very limited taste of like what the game will have to offer. And with that, like having so many different heroes, I believe they said something around like twelve. Um, knowing that, like just the different variety like the different movesets that you can get out of them because of the decks and what's available and then on top of that what i like about the the card system is that if they do to decide to continue to support the game with each card adds a new move and you know with a lot of games you don't really change up the moves like if it's like you know like a, an action rpg because that just throws off sometimes like just adding a new move can throw off the balance of the game but with this adding a new card you can have an entirely new animation and so it's just mm -hmm. something that can help the game evolve in its own way from where it started out and i i'm happy with that like i i know there is concerns about microtransactions but if they decide to do like dlc down the line with a new mission and then maybe a new character or just some new cards to go along with that that would be absolutely awesome if, if this game is you know at that level where it's like i'm continue like i want the continued support and so yeah just this foundation from what i've seen is enough to for me to be like yeah this is definitely a day one from from where i stand absolutely it's a day one for me as well would be in on it yeah they can add a new character which they'll have their own specific cards and then they can have all the the combination attack cards for all the other characters they can give you new skins they can give you new missions they can give you new cards for everybody else there's so many possibilities for how they can support this game in the long term that's not even considering all the stuff that happens at the abbey paying into the relationships and getting the benefits from being very close friends with the, <laughs> likes of, with the likes of Dr. Strange, Iron Man. Definitely, definitely got to be Iron Man. It's very close friend. Oh, yeah. I imagine that's going to pay off quite a bit. Yeah, it's just, it, I can't stop thinking about it, but I'm going to have to. <laughs> you know, I only start right now because let's just get right into the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. What else well, you got? That was all my story. So you. That was all. <laughs> That's all I had. All I care about was Marvel Midnight Suns. So, God what damn. else you got from here on? Yeah, maybe we should have stuck a little more time on it. But you know what? Let's let's split some time here. We've got an update on the Dead Space remake. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we got to see an extensive live stream with some representatives from EA Motive, as well as. A couple surprising additions from their community council. There was a, a young woman as well as a young man that were speaking on behalf of the Dead Space community that is coordinating with the developer in order to ensure that the quality and the respect of the Dead Space remake is being properly paid, paid in. So yeah, man, we got to finally really see the game moving Keep in mind, this is like an alpha build or a pre-alpha build. Even so, it's incredibly apparent that they have indeed gone into the original assets of the game, which still holds up to this day. But they have, excuse me, they have lovingly retouched and improved all of the visuals. I mean, just looking at the metallic sheen on Isaac's armor, and like it's. It looks like a steampunk gothic 
fantasy, like the the fog in the hallways, the way everything is eerily lit, how just metallic. I, you're going to hear that word quite a few times because just the the texture quality and the visual detail that they've added to the the guts of the Ishimura, it, it's breathtaking especially for a game that already looked as good as Dead Space does. I mean, this is a remake of a PS3 game. We've seen what kind of work can be done in that regard with the Demon Souls remake. So it seems like EA Motive is just as capable of making a similar visual jump. Uh, we got introduced to some of the changes that they were going to be making in this time, you know, with visual, with visual confirmation. Uh, one thing is they managed to improve upon the limb severing combat, which I didn't have any idea how they were gonna do this. And the way that they improved upon it is, it's a bit similar to something that you would have seen in Resident Evil Remake 2. Uh, that was one of the more successful remakes for Capcom and the Resident Evil franchise. And that's because they did an excellent job with it. One thing that they did was when you're shooting the zombies, they're not just getting hit, they're coming apart. Like you shoot a zombie in the face, it's taken off that jawbone and they're still coming at you. With Dead Space, we're seeing something very similar. They call it their peel system, where we know in Dead Space lore that the necromorphs can't be killed by conventional means. You have to, quote unquote, cut off their limbs. That's how you do damage to them. That's how you kill them. If you do anything other than that to them, they're going to keep coming and they're going to hurt you. So what happens is that as you're shooting at the necromorphs, the flesh and skin is peeling off of the bones and you're basically just stripping the skeleton down and it just keeps coming at you. And it was just, it was one of the most beautifully grotesque things that I've seen. And it was something that I, I personally wanted for the Dead Space franchise. So that was just wonderful to see. And it's, it even kind of plays into the gameplay of the game because I believe they mentioned you wouldn't be able to cut off a limb until you've stripped the flesh away and exposed the bone. So that was crazy. <laughs> they also mentioned, although they didn't show it off, that the peel system even supports the ability for limbs and pieces of the enemy to hang on by small pieces of flesh. So you may even cut off a limb, but it still may be hanging on by a piece of skin. <laughs> and then you can grab it, throw it back at the enemy. It's just, oh man, it's... Just thinking about it, I know it it sounds utterly repulsive, but if you're into horror, if you're a lover of Dead Space, this is some of the best stuff that you could ever think of. Uh, another change that we finally saw in action was the improved zero-G maneuvering that came from the future sequels in the franchise. Uh, something that the community council members pointed out was that when, when they showed off the remake, in the teaser trailer, they were surprised that nobody noticed that Isaac's suit had boosters on it, which is indicative of using an improved zero-G system. So yeah, it looks a lot like what was going down in Dead Space 2, like you're floating freely in space. So of course, this 
fundamentally undoes the sections of the game where you had to run around the walls on your magnetic boots, Superman jumping through space from platform to platform, trying to figure out how to kill necromorphs that are floating right after you. <laughs> it's, oh my God, just thinking of those creatures floating through space, like swinging at you. It's bringing back glorious nightmares. However, yeah, they changed it to the full Zero-G system. And as a result, they're going to be adding additional sections to the game that take advantage of that system so that it's not just, oh, we just changed the system and left everything the same. It's like, yeah, we changed the system and we're putting it to good use. Uh, while they were showing off the Zero-G, we also saw that you will still be going into areas that are absent of oxygen and pretty sure you're going to have to find oxygen stations and make sure that you can continue breathing in order to get to those sections. So that was reassuring. And one change that they're bringing to the Dead Space remake, which might seem a little controversial on its surface, is that they're bringing back the original voice actor for Isaac, who voiced him in Dead Space 2 and 3, Mr. Gunnar Wright. And he'll be doing a little dialogue for Isaac in the original Dead Space. But hey, Doug, Isaac didn't talk in the original Dead Space. You're damn right he did. Uh, however, this time he will be speaking, but only slightly. And Motive assured us that it wouldn't be excessive or unnecessary because they have two very important rules for Isaac's dialogue. Rule number one, Isaac will primarily only speak when spoken to. As you know, there are situations in Dead Space when Isaac is being spoken to by other NPCs and people felt it was strange that he doesn't respond to them. So he will be responding to them this time around. Rule number two, Isaac will sometimes speak in a situation where it would feel weird if he remained silent. I can't immediately think of what kind of situations those would be. However, having played Dead Space extensively, I know there are certain situations like where even a simple like what the hell would have made the, made the situation feel a little more normal than just something happening right in front of you and you saying absolutely nothing. Like just a dude getting torn in half while standing in front of a vent as you approach him or something. It's just like, give me a little feedback to make this feel a little more cohesive as a game. I mean, overall, they are doing a good job to maintain the things that make the Dead Space franchise what it is, while also adding their own little spin and modernizing it ever so slightly in order to give the game a fresher feel, a newer feel, a nicer feel. AMC, having heard about all these upgrades and improvements, as well as the respect being paid to the original property, how do you feel about the Dead Space remake so far? Uh, yeah, I watched a, a little of it um, earlier, and yeah, I would say definitely the suit, like just that alone, just that the detail now, and it already looked good. Mm. And like once I saw it, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like I was like, "They, it definitely." You can see how I don't know if the word is like like muddy or whatever, but it's just like the other suit looked perfectly fine if you look at the original game. But then once you see it, like just with that, like that new polish you're like oh shit like now it just went from like just like kind of like a smooth looking good suit to like like every 
every like nook and cranny is like perfectly defined um it's you just see that that craftsmanship put into it now that like only like the current generation could you know uphold so i like to see that and the you know the bigger thing overall like stepping outside of this and looking at this from a distance is kind of like you almost want to applaud them and the community for handling this like adults in that like they were able to show off a really early like like build of the game and people were okay with it and didn't you know like oh this is pre-alpha bullshit <clears throat> the game looks like crap like all i've heard is like actually a lot of like just a lot of positive reactions to it and so with that like you know developers usually like hold off so showing stuff because people as you know as we'll get into later they look at something and <laughs> they're like well this is now how it's gonna be and so like because of that developers tend to not want to show anything until everything is perfectly like put together um and so with this showing this early version of the game at this point and people still being able to you know enjoy it for what it is and you know build that hype um it was it was just a it was a positive moment, I would say, in gaming that you don't often get when you get an early release of something like this. Yeah, they mentioned at the outset of the live stream that normally they don't show off anything that's this early in production. However, they felt it necessary to show this off so people can get an idea of where they're at and understand that they're doing their best to make this the best remake they possibly can. So this was very much appreciated getting this extremely early look at this remake, EA Motive, Community Council, keep working hard, can't wait to see this. Let's get into our next topic of the week. Top topic, topic of, of the, the week. week. Well, AMC, I think I'm gonna just go for it. <laughs> 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 so we got, we got kind of a dual topic, or should I say a two-parter, uh, we got some interesting news a couple of days ago. Sony has confirmed that Horizon Forbidden West will launch on the PS4 and the PS5 February 2022 on the 18th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we finally got a solid release date for Horizon Forbidden West. This is a cause for celebration and rejoicing. It's up for pre-order. They got the collector's edition. They got the digital deluxe edition. They got the regala edition. Both the collectors and the regala come with different variations of the of the what is it, the razor tusk? What is that enemy? But whatever that big mammoth that they're riding in the demo that Aloy just systematically takes down with brutal precision. And yeah, you, they got a statue for that. It's got a mini art book. It's got, it's got the voucher for the PS4 version, the PS5 version. It's got all kinds of digital content. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's got a replica focus and a, and a can of display. Oh, so good. I'm tempted, but I mean, the, the collector's edition is like 200 bucks. The regala edition is like 250. I don't think I'm trying to do that just yet, but we'll see. Hopefully we get an art book for Horizon Forbidden West. I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna get the, the most expensive version of that because I love art books and I also love Horizon and I also love support the arts. So yeah, we got this news. However, there was a little detail that seemed 
to be absent. Uh, there actually was a detail that seemed to have been removed. <laughs> yes, according to the FAQ for the Horizon versions, it was noted that there is no upgrade path for the standard edition and the special edition of the game on PS4 to the PS5. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> why would they so, do this? Yeah, so why would they do this? Oh my God. Well, we have some ideas why they would do that. But first, we're going to share some opinions about this move with you in this week's Troll of the Week. Troll, troll of the, of the week. week. Troll of the Week. <laughs> so, this week's Troll of the Week, they're coming sideways at there not being an upgrade for the standard edition of the PS4 version of Horizon to the PS5 version. Just a little backstory here so you can all be on the same page. Way back in September of 2020, before the consoles ever launched, before plans were ever finalized, there was a blog post on the PlayStation blog where they had said something to the degree of launch games will have free upgrade paths from PS4 versions to PS5 versions. At the time of that blog post, it was expected that Horizon Forbidden West would be a 2021 game, which would put it within or near the launch period. Either way, it was presumed that Horizon Forbidden West would be getting this free upgrade. Fast forward to you know, a couple of days ago, Sony announces that it's not coming in 2021. There was a rumor about this way back in July. It ended up being confirmed in September. And it got moved to 2022, effectively putting it out of the launch period, which also effectively makes it ineligible for the free upgrade. Pretty shitty move, but fine. That's just how business runs. You got five months to figure it out, homies. Well, these trolls, they don't think it's fine. They don't think any amount of time is good enough. They think Sony lied. <laughs> First troll says, Sony is a terrible company. So glad I saw the light after the disgraceful PS4 and decided to skip PS5. Disgraceful PS4. One of the greatest consoles ever made with one of the greatest libraries any console could ever have is disgraceful now and you decided to skip the PS5. Well, why do you care? <laughs> You're not in the game. So whatever. Next troll says, Sony's stuck in their old ways. This is how you start to trip and lose the generation. Stuck in their old ways. Market leader <laughs> making, making immense strides with first party development giving us exclusives at the outset of the generation. Meanwhile, I don't know, there's another company that's thinking two or three years down the line to start giving you their exclusives exclusively for the current gen. Sony trying to give you the best that they got. Folks still don't want it. Next show says, honestly, at this stage, I wouldn't be surprised if Sony started turning backwards compatibility off for certain games just to ensure you got to pay. That's how scummy they've been. <laughs> oh man so we went from horizon not having an upgrade path for standard editions on ps4 keep in mind 
if you buy the digital deluxe edition, which is $79.99, or you get the collector's edition or the regala edition, you're getting both versions of the game, PS4 and PS5. But sure, now that now that there's no upgrade path for the standard edition, then they're they're cutting off backward compatibility. Yeah. <laughs> Something no company has ever done, but whatever. Next show says, what a total screw up when Sony knows that a good chunk of their sales consists of people not even using their console, but scalping them. This is easily one of the dumbest things this company has done. So AMC was waiting for this kind of remark. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the ones where where people are floating the continued conspiracy theory that scalpers are hoarding PS5s and taking them out of the hands of consumers who don't have them. It's like, yo, fellas, I don't think you understand the fundamental principle of how scalping works. The idea is to take something that's in high demand and resell it as soon as possible for profit. Mm -hmm. the, the idea is not to hold inventory scalpers are not stores they don't benefit from having inventory to sell later they benefit from flipping all those consoles they are buying are finding their ways into the hands of consumers at inflated prices sucks for those consumers but those consoles aren't sitting in somebody's room they're sitting in somebody else's room <laughs> <laughs> next troll says more l's for ponies but this is what they asked for yeah I don't think anybody asked for the upgrade path for PS4 games to PS5 to be removed for any reason. I also don't think anybody asked for, well, anything unfortunate to ever happen when it comes to games, especially when they're under, when they're under the presumption that something is going to happen that's in their favor. So this is just troll central right here more L's for the ponies <laughs> and next show says bad call Sony they're getting way too comfortable again like they were at the beginning of the PS3 generation so many people waiting on the sidelines waiting for Sony to magically morph back into the worst part of themselves even though they've made it very clear that they have learned from the mistakes of that generation and aim to not replicate them Sony's doing what they can to be the best they can be they aren't getting comfortable they're just getting better keep up with the game next troll says people will get a second job to afford horizon <laughs> back to that ps3 shit <laughs> people people can't let go they can't let go of the launch version of no man's sky they can't let go of the order 1886 <laughs> they can't they can't let go of of EA, even though they're doing exceptional right now, they can't let go of anything. You can't let go of that one time the Sony representative said, you, you should want to get two jobs to get a PS3. <laughs> that <laughs> was, uh, yeah. You should be honored to get two jobs to get a PS3. Yeah. That was hilarious. But yeah. anyway, next show says, I'll buy this game when it's $20. Play it for a few hours, then use it for a drink coaster like I did the first one. Yeah. So a couple things about this. It's like, okay, as AMC pointed out to me in the pre-show when we were when we were examining these trolls with the scalpel and the microscope, it's like, okay, you didn't like the first game. <laughs> so you're gonna buy the second one, knowing that you're also only gonna play it for a few hours. And then you're gonna take something, you're gonna use a $20 coaster that's 
kind of baller, but at the same time, extremely wasteful. <laughs> oh, man. Next show says, I'm glad that we don't have to worry about this nonsense with Xbox. So you see in a lot of the, the Xbox crowd coalescing around this scenario because it's their chance to gloat about the excellence that is smart delivery. <laughs> uh, if you guys don't know, Xbox has a system called smart delivery where what it does is that no matter what Xbox console you're playing on, it will, it will play the best version of that game that your piece of hardware can handle. It's a very good system. It's awesome. And at the same token, it's no time to be sitting here gloating about it because uh, you also don't have to worry about playing Horizon with your Xbox. <laughs> you also don't have to worry about playing God of War with your Xbox or Gran Turismo or Ratchet or Returnal. You got to worry about playing Halo Infinite without the Forge, without multiplayer. <laughs> oh, excuse me, without the co-op campaign. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, you worry about that, buddy. Leave leave the first party Sony games to the PS5 crowd. Next show says, this doesn't bother me because I don't care about my money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, a little nuance to the story. The default, the default complaint once this news broke was, oh, now I got to buy the game twice. It's so unfair. It's like, as we pointed out earlier, there are additions of this game that you can purchase that come with both versions of the game. One being the digital deluxe edition. That's $79.99. It's got both versions of the game as well as additional digital content that comes in the collectors and regala edition, which probably explains the extra 10 bucks above the PS5 price, which makes it 20 bucks above the PS4 price. So there, is, there was some consideration there in order for people to be able to get both versions for one price. And I don't care about my money. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, next show says, interesting way of trying to encourage folks to get a PS5. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, indeed. Next show says, perhaps people are a bit too dual entitled. So another nuance to the story, there was a FAQ about the different versions of Horizon. And one of the answers noted that only the Digital Deluxe Edition, the Collectors and Regala would have what Sony refers to as a dual entitlement, which is a license for both games by paying only so people took offense to that because entitlement is a hot button, hot button term to throw around these days. It's so entitled. Uh. <laughs> Next show says this is Nintendo type of practice. Glad I have a $50 credit towards this game. I'll never pay full price for your first party game, Sony. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's let's think about this here. Yeah, you have a $50 credit towards this game, but you're giving it to Sony. So that's basically $50 for them. It may not be your hard-earned cash, but it's still $50 for them. So you may not be paying full price with your own hard-earned cash, but you're still moving a copy of the game. Sony's still getting their scratch. They're still setting records. They're still being reinforced in their ways. 
Next show says, wow, Sony piling on that bad PR they're getting. Time to fire Jim Ryan. <laughs> Always a reason to throw Jim Ryan out the window. <laughs> People just won't leave this dude alone. Next show says, sadly, Sony can continue getting away with these anti-consumer policies because their mindless fanboys will take anything Sony dishes out to them and even go so far as attempt to defend anti-consumer policies but as a consumer let's look at what's going on here you have a choice you can buy the version of the game you're going to play on ps4 you can buy the version of the game you're going to play on ps5 if you want both versions you can buy the collector's edition digital deluxe what's the issue here oh that's right in a year old blog post they said something about launch games of which Horizon no longer is a launch game, but you still feel they need to honor that for you. Next show says, the creed is so blatant. <laughs> Next show says, just when I thought Guerrilla Games was one of the good guys, I guess not. So now Guerrilla's on the list of terrible developers who have fallen from grace. I mean, we got Gorilla now, we got Naughty Dog because of, because of Neil Druckmann, we got Ubisoft because they keep putting out their Ubi filler games, we got EA because they're just the worst company in America two years running, we got so many bad developers. When is From Software gonna join this list? <laughs> well, they're, they're the anti-accessibility so there I on the list. <laughs> <laughs> so for these trolls, in this rare instance, there's a little light at the end of the tunnel. In our second part to the story, where Sony issued a statement yesterday. Where is the statement, actually? I didn't find it. But basically what the statement says is that they did, they had the launch games, which included Horizon Forbidden West, and they told people that the launch games would include a path to upgrade the PS4 version to the PS5 version for free. However, due to the pandemic and the circumstances surrounding that, Horizon got moved out of the launch period, making it no longer a launch game, no longer eligible for that kind of upgrade. And we hear at control issues, we get it because this is a process called development and things are always subject to change, especially when they're one-year-old blog posts at certain points in time when certain circumstances were expected for the short term. Move forward a bit in time, circumstances sometimes change, which means plans have to sometimes change. Uh, specifically, if you really wanna trace the events back there was a pretty significant event that occurred, which we here at Control Issues believe may have been instrumental in this fiasco to begin with. It all goes back to the rumor of Horizon being moved into 2022, way back in July. That rumor broke. Moved to August, we see news that Sony has secured in order for 15 million chips amid a pandemic and a global chip shortage that is affecting several industries, including automotive and the games industry, which is instrumental in why the consoles are kind of hard to obtain. So knowing what's going on there, it's 
kind of easy to surmise what happened. Back in September, when they were offering the upgrade path, we imagined that maybe Sony anticipated that they were going to be having issues making consoles. And in order to get people in the game while also keeping them incentivized to upgrade to PS5 whenever possible, they offered a free upgrade for their launch games. It's like, okay, get your game on PS4. Then when you get your PS5, you'll be able to get the PS5 version. Fast forward to August, when they confirmed this deal, likely that they, that was in the works at least the month before, that probably affected their launch strategy for Horizon, which is why a leak started circulating about it possibly being moved to 2022. Right after they confirmed that chip deal, we get this news in September that it is in fact getting moved to 2022. Because with that chip deal, that means they were able to meet their target of producing about 22 million PS5s by their fiscal year in, which just so happens to be March 2022. Horizon is launching in February 18th. 2022, right up against the end of that fiscal year, right up against the period when they'll have the most PS5s in the wild, right up against the period when they'll be able to post significant gains and commercial performance to finish their fiscal year off strong. So we get it. However, that doesn't mean that we necessarily support, would support or justify what happened. It was a pretty bad move. But being adults, understanding how business works, it's just a move, whatever. The other issue here is that, yo, it's five whole months <laughs> until the game comes out. People are complaining as if the game went on sale today. Yes, you could pre-order it. However, that's a pre-order. That's not a sale. Sony had time. People rightly brought up the issue they raised hell about it. Sony listened. And you know what? They explained their stance. They explained the circumstances. And they extended the olive branch by bringing back the free upgrade. However, that olive branch didn't come without a few thorns, without a mantis and a spider. Because what they also did was let people know that Horizon would be the end of the free upgrade trend. They noted that after Horizon, games that are outside of the launch period will no longer be receiving the free upgrade path to PS5. This includes the next God of War and Gran Turismo 7. So they got that out the way. Hopefully people don't freak out when God of War and Gran Turismo are shown, when that information breaks officially again. It's like, oh, they lied, they didn't tell us. No, you've been warned. So it comes back to a point of be careful what you complain about. Be careful how you complain because you never know how a corporate entity is going to respond. By having them put back this upgrade path, that's going to cost them tens of millions of dollars because we know how a lot of people operate. Now that there's this upgrade path, some folks are just going to buy the PS4 version specifically so that they can upgrade to the PS5 version, never play the PS4 version at all, and save just to save 10 bucks. So there's no corporation that's going to allow that to just slide. They're getting their money back. They're getting it on God of War. They're getting it on Gran Turismo. So celebrate your victory. Consumers, you raised your voices. 
you made something happen, but it ain't happening again. <laughs> AMC, how do you feel about all this? My God. Um, yeah, there's just so much. I pretty much agree with most of it. Uh, here's what I'll say. Sony, ultimately, you look at the story, Sony screwed up. Um, and a lot of it, it just has to do with, um, I know people like, they like mock smart delivery when it first like was announced. And here's the thing with smart delivery is it's, it's simple. It's, and that's the only thing that matters. It's, it's simple. And that's like what people, what people want is they just want something that makes sense so that every time they get something, they know what they're going to get. And so if Sony just kind of first, you know, obviously we go all the way back to this whole thing. Like we believe in generations and obviously they had to change that once they were like, well, we don't have a ton of PS5s out there in the wild and a ton of people are still on the PS4. So now we're going to, you know, we're going to do this cross-gen thing, which is totally fine. People had their issues there, but that's a, that's its own thing. I think at that point, you kind of have to, if you're Sony, the best way you handle this is you just establish that what we're going to do is if you want to play the PS5 version of these games, we'll still put out the performance patches, but if you want to play the PS5 version of these games and whatever the hell that means, then there's going to be a, a $10 upgrade fee. And you just expect that with every game. Uh, and that's what people had kind of come to assume, I believe, at this point. Even when they first started with the, the, you know, the upgrade fee, people were upset about that, but they eventually accepted it. And then once they did this and people were like, wait, so I'm going to have to basically rebuy the game or I have to get this digital version. Um, yeah, that's kind of it's it's confusing. You can still do it, but it is confusing. And so sony recognizes that and then they're like you know what fuck it we'll just give it to them and then moving forward you're going to be paying this upgrade fee which i think is how it should have been this entire time and i think it just took this moment for sony to kind of establish this this move this president and so now i think this is one that is a little more fair at least if anything because they're getting their 70 bucks if you're playing that ps5 version no matter what and i think that's the way it should be um so yeah, that that's totally fine. Uh, from the Microsoft standpoint, I totally understand why they would want to dunk on this situation because it is, from their perspective, it is a, it's a funny situation when yeah. you look at it. It's, it's the reason why you do the smart delivery because you want to have things as clear as possible. And if it's clear, then you can even, as Microsoft did, turn it into a win uh, when they announced it. Uh, and so with that, yeah, it's it just comes off as consumer-friendly only because it's very easy to understand. So yeah, and you know, with this, the reason why I kind of like, as this whole story developed and, you know, it was great because the shows I listened to a lot of times, like I've, I've actually stopped listening to shows because they get, you know, very amped up with this, like, you know, self-righteous, like, uh, I'm going to defend the consumer and I'm a stand up for the, for the little man that's been stepped on by the big companies and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, especially when you look at what's going on in the world and it's like, really, like we're getting this upset about somebody possibly getting this on ps4 and having to rebuy the game again when we're seeing what's really going on in the world and yada, yada, yada. so it's like really like do we really care this much and then the idea like that people would even say like oh this is gonna be the biggest story for sony for the rest of the year it's like no it's not because they have plenty of other games that are coming out horizon isn't the only game that people bought playstations for yes this is like maybe the the first big game if you if you're trying to like belittle ratchet and clank then yeah you can look at it in its own way as well but i still look at it as like there are, it's one game and it's not that big of a deal people are excited about it and if you just compare it to the last of us 2 last of us 2 from the moment that it was announced people were just 
coming right at it to then everything that like was announced after the fact in these story details and then the leaks on top of that um it was just a game that people wanted to fail that game comes out still does incredibly well it does not matter and that's how i look at this it's like you're kind of a prisoner at the moment because everybody has to have their hot take to the point where they're like, I'm never going to support anything Sony does again. And it's like, yeah, you bought a PlayStation 5. And by the way, you were probably that dude who was saying that the last generation was god awful. So why the hell did you buy a PS5 if that were the case? Disgraceful. Yeah. So then why would you why would you then go on to buy a PS5? So it kind of just shows that where you really stand, you're gonna, you're gonna be that person who's always voicing your anger at the company but you you're still gonna still give them five hundred dollars anytime they drop a new piece of hardware so really you're not you're definitely not voting with your wallet if that's the case yeah so, so it's just like one of those stories where it's unfortunate that like it had to we had to go through all this but i think it's good in that sony did need to be checked in this way to be like hey like don't change it up kind of like if like as far as like don't change it up as like we've come to accept things a certain way not this whole thing that they said a year ago but after we've seen how you help how you handle these like director's cuts and ps5 version of like games that came out on ps4 we now kind of understand that there's an upgrade fee and if we so choose to pay that fee then we will buy it at that fee um and that's fine games are 70 dollars moving forward for next gen and we're okay with that so yeah um I, I don't know. I think it's uh, it's good that they made the change because it's just I like to see a thread kind of just like nicely buttoned up, especially before launch. And since we're five months out, it's something that people could always point to to be like, you know, they could always say like Sony makes missteps, but then you could always say Sony corrects their missteps. And ultimately, I think what it comes down to is games. If this game is bad, then this misstep is then amplified. But if this game is good, it doesn't matter. And I think that's what happened with The Last of Us 2. People shit on it. People say like, oh, the story's bad, yada, yada. The game ends up selling really well. It also ends up winning awards, yada, yada, yada. And so then it's kind of like, at the end of the day, is the game good? And so as much as you can get like down on Sony about like they're falling back into their old ways, this is the PS3 Sony. The one thing you would say about the PS3 Sony is, they ended that generation with a bunch of great games. And then next thing you know, you see a bunch of people buying PS4s. And so ultimately what it comes down to is how good are the games and not all this stuff that surrounds, you know, the launch of these games. And so as long as they put out a good horizon game, that's, that will be the ultimate like nail in the coffin as far as what these trolls have to offer for, you know, these debates. And so I I'm just glad at this point that, Sony did the right thing. It didn't take long for them to do it. We saw it with Xbox. They were going to raise the price of Xbox Live. And then people were like, oh, they're just doing this to drive us to Game Pass because that will be, I believe it was like what the Game Pass Ultimate, which included the bundle of Xbox Live with Game Pass, ended up being the more affordable thing. And so people saw that. They voiced their opinions. The next day, Xbox put out a whoops, like, you know, blog posts and, you know, turn, turn back the dial and people were happy and moved on. Sony yeah. did the same thing, and everybody who was kind of sensible at this said, "Give them time, and they might come up with a better solution." Exactly. And it they gave them two days, and they came up with a better solution. And so, yeah, um, I think the freak out 
is definitely unnecessary. I believe that you do you do voice your opinion to say, hey, this sucks. But this thing where it's like, and now I'm done with them. It's like, no, you're not. Like, stop, stop being, you know, hyperbolic in, in this type of situation. Yeah. And and that's how gamers are ultimately. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's it. That's an aspect I wanted to get to. It's like nobody is ever allowing these companies to suffer the consequences of their actions. And that that's where the learning happens. That's where the change happens. It's if they don't see a tangible effect in their financial statements of their actions, then they're never going to think, oh, well, they're never going to think like that doesn't work. They're going to think like, well, the community didn't allow us to go through with this. So we don't really know if that works or not. So let's try to figure out another way to try to do this. Like you're, you're not letting them hit the brick wall to know that that road isn't one to go down. Like it's this horizon situation would have been much different if, like you say, people were rational about it. Like let's give them time. And then you give them time. The game comes out. They still haven't provided that upgrade path. I'm like, well, now it's time for action. I'm not going to buy the game. And then when they fall short of their sales projections, when they fall short of their revenue, when they fall short of their profit, that's when they're like, oh, we fucked up. We need to fix this. We need to get this right. We never need to do something like this again. That's where the, yeah, that's where the learning happens. Yeah. And it just shows, you know, if anything, it just shows somewhat of, um, you know, the learning curve or you could even say like the inexperience uh, on Sony side, whereas like, you know, Microsoft had a generation of backwards compatibility or they've just had backwards compatibility. So they're kind of more accustomed to how to deal with these situations. And for Sony, you know, with the fact that they didn't have backwards compatibility for the past couple of generations, and now that they have this, it's, they're kind of working out the process and we're seeing, you know what it is. It's for some people, it's tough to watch somebody work out the process um they just want you I to mean, know this whole covid thing is proof positive of that <laughs> yeah and so like yeah they you like some people they can't accept mistakes whereas like other people understand like yeah they're figuring out they're setting up policy and they're adjusting policy based on you know how the how the public handles that and so yeah they're gonna they're gonna make moves and then people are gonna push back and then they're gonna find a way to do something that benefits them and also benefits the public and so yeah they um they've done that and you know we move forward (laughs) yeah yeah so y'all trolls y'all can just y'all can go to hell (laughs) (laughs) Troll of the week. Troll of the week. Troll of the week. Oh, man. All right. We got our next topic of the week. Topic of the week. This is the last big one. And we got some quick hits. It has finally been confirmed that Sony's going to be having a summer showcase. All the people, oh, why is it Sony at E3? Oh, they have nothing to show. Oh, this doesn't bode well. Oh, woe be he. (laughs) (laughs) All the people who are looking down on Sony just just because they don't show you everything at the same time as the rest of the industry doesn't mean they don't have anything to show. It falls back to the discussion we just had about Horizon and it being five months out from when the game released. Give them time to show you their whole hand. And now they are. It'll be this week. It'll be September 9th. It'll be at 1 p.m. Pacific. 
4 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be a 40-minute event, and it's going to show us the future of PS5. AMC, what do you want to see? Uh, for me, it's God of War. That's the uh, that would be the interesting one. They've already, you know, they've announced it a while ago. We haven't seen it because of that. We had assumed that the game was going to get delayed. It eventually was. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm now at a point now where it's I'm curious to see what they have to offer. I know they've obviously. I don't really need to see how far in development they are, but I am curious to see what that game, what they plan to do with it, um, especially like how they can take advantage of this next generation and the fact that it's cross-gen, like how far they're now able to push the PS4 with a follow-up game because, you know, the first one was already, they they took that approach of, you know, kind of making it seem like one shot as you're flowing from scene to scene, um, you know, hiding those load times in, in story. And so um, just perfecting transitions in the PS4. Um, and so now they've had time to work on the next game and to see how, where they could push that boundary e- even further. Um, I would love to see that and what that has to offer. Also to see, you know, what's going on with the Treyus, what new movesets, things along those lines, um, and where the story is going, at least from what they can give us. So with that, like I'm, yeah, I'm at a point where I'm, I'm definitely ready to see God of War, you know, just some gameplay there. And, um, you know, if there's any, if there's anything else, that'd be awesome. You know, I've heard some rumblings about like, maybe we'll see Last of Us multiplayer that I'm not as concerned about. It's uh, God of War is the big one for me, the big ticket. How about yourself? Gran Turismo 7. I got to see it. I need at least a release window. I know it's going to probably be sometime in 2022, but I, I have to see that game. That's that's one of the reasons I got a PS5. It's one of the reasons why I was biding my time with getting a Series X. I was giving Sony the opportunity to at least give me an idea of when I could get my hands on Gran Turismo, but that didn't happen. Got my Series X. I'm playing Forza. I'm getting Forza 5 November 9th. However, still got room in my heart for more than one racing game. I'm polyamorous in that respect. And I love me some Gran Turismo. I, I, I need that. <laughs> That's all that's going on. Uh, the only thing I like more than driving is driving in multiple ways. So Forza has its own feel to how you get down. It has its own rule set. It has its own physics. While Gran Turismo is more of a sim racer so it's a bit more precise and a bit more demanding in the way that you have to handle it that's my most anticipated game i also i want to see some cool indies and you know i want to see some reveals of new sony first party titles or at least new sony ps5 exclusives that we can possibly see in 2022 so yeah this is all about the future of the ps5 that's exactly what I want to see. They got four minute, 40 minutes to knock my socks off. That's that's a lot of time. That's almost four quarters of basketball. So anything can happen. There could be some buzzer beaters. <laughs> there could be a lot of there could be a lot of turnovers. Who knows? But we're finally gonna see what somebody has in store for us for the rest of 2021 and beyond. Let's get into our next topic of the week. Topic Topic of of the week. So some quick hits. We got a little story for you. A little Cyberpunk 2077 news. Try not to 
get your fist all balled up. But several Cyberpunk 2077 modders have been hired by CD Projekt for quote unquote various projects. So yeah, there's a modder team that'll be joining CD Projekt Red and they're gonna be working with them internally, working on stuff. Uh, this is very similar to the story about the, the community or the modern community that developed Fallout London. And one of the people in there was hired by Bethesda to write quests. So we have a similar thing here happening with CD Projekt Red. It is a, another example of what happens when your love for video games translates into dividends amc how do you feel about this um you know it's cool <laughs> uh i i didn't get um you know cyberpunk um uh, i did like what at least i like how bethesda has embraced mod nation we'll say um instead of so <laughs> yeah instead so of see cd project red doing the same what was it the other week you said that Bethesda hired a modder, like just straight up on their on their staff, to then uh, work on I believe it was Fallout games or something moving forward. Um, and so yeah, uh, yeah, just, just to see that. So it's a good it's a good feel good story. I'll say. I think that was what I also said about that Bethesda story as well. Oh yeah, let's get to the next little quick hit, quick hits, quick hits, quick 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 quick. A uh, very quick one, Diablo as a character is gonna be debuting as a mercenary in Hearthstone's new mercenaries mode. Oh, by the way, Hearthstone is getting a mercenaries mode. <laughs> in case you guys didn't know, I don't know if anybody's still playing Hearthstone. I am not. AMC, are you? I feel like Blizzard's canceled right now, so nobody's playing Hearthstone. <laughs> <laughs> no, no Blizzard games are being spun up in any consoles yeah. <laughs> at all. Oh man, but yeah, so let me see if I'm fine. Some information about this. Yes, what's this mode all about? Uh, as the name suggests, it's built around recruiting and building squads of mercenaries to do battle. The mode will have 50 unique mercenaries and it will include iconic Blizzard characters like Sylvanas Windrunner, Ragnaros, Fire Lord, and Diablo, the Lord of Terror. They're coming to Hearthstone with more to come. Combat itself has the player choosing mercenaries from their team to take part, then face off against a number of opponents on the other side of the board. Each turn, they pick an action for each of their mercenaries, choosing an ability to use in an enemy to an attack. While their opponent does the same, once both sides have locked their actions in, combat for the turn plays out. Uh, as the mercenaries, as mercenaries go, they have three different roles. There's the fighter, the caster, and the protector. Each role has different strengths and weaknesses. Uh, there's a basic, at a basic level, fit into a rock, paper, scissors system. While on offense, fighters deal double damage to casters, casters deal double damage to protectors, and protectors deal double damage to fighters. AMC, is this anything you're going to be interested in? Uh, no. I, I had my time where I tried to get... I've actually tried to get into Hearthstone a couple of times and I just immediately fall off. Like uh, we were talking about like card battlers. Um, and I love me some Hearthstone as a card battler. Yeah. It's just, I, I, every time I try to get into it, I fall off within a month. And so there's nothing that could probably get me back into that game. Unfortunately. Yeah. 
unfortunate. It's a, it's a good game. It's just it's like you have to like you kind of have to really be into it. Is what I'll say. <laughs> yeah, you guys can head on over to IGN for more Hearthstone Mercenaries mode news. Yes. Get to our next quick hit. Oh, yeah. So earlier talked about getting back into No Man's Sky. They got some new content recently. This was actually a highly anticipated update that coincides with the anniversary of the game. Uh, we finally got the Frontiers update. So the Frontiers update does some pretty unexpected things <laughs> and I'm going to detail them for you. So the biggest thing that this update does is that it adds full on settlements into No Man's Sky. What? So, yes, I know a, a lot of people, even before the game launched, were really hoping that they'd be able to find alien cities or maybe even construct their own cities and populate them. And, you know, for several years, it didn't seem like that would ever pan out. However, with the Frontiers update, it finally has. So you're not just going to be happening upon you know, completed settlements with NPCs running around doing whatever the they do. Like you initially, you typically find them at their most basic state. Like, you know, the, the dialogue remarks of how, oh, they're trying to set up a settlement here. Oh, they don't, they don't have an overseer. Maybe they need somebody to come in here and mm-hmm. put things, put things together. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, you usually find the settlements just, you know, at at their earliest goings and you have the choice of whether or not to become the overseer. And from there, you can improve the settlements, you can expand the settlements, you can do things that are necessary to improve the quality of life for the NPCs who will have side missions for you, as well as other situations I was very privy to launch from a space station as soon as I load up my game, get a call on my intercom, somebody needs some help. I fly over to the beacon on the planet below, turns out it's a settlement. As soon as I get started, it's attacked by Sentinels. I need to fend the Sentinels off, do that. Then I get the chance to step in and become the overseer, which I do. From there, I've started repairing and building up this settlement. Unfortunately, it's located on a planet in one of the harshest environments I've encountered so far, which is just freezing temperatures at all hours of the day, especially at night, and it suffers from frequent blizzards. (laughs) Oh man. So yeah, anytime I step outside, already on my way to being frozen and, you know, Gotta go back inside, gotta deal with it, but I'm looking forward to these things to update. So looking at the patch notes, I'll just hit I'll just hit all the good spots. Uh, you can earn the respect of the citizens, become the overseer. Uh, you'll be responsible for all aspects of their lives, like naming the town, choosing what to build, commissioning festivals, resolving arguments, and repelling sentinel attacks, as well as much more. Uh, they've added nebulas to No Man's Sky, so these interstellar clouds have gathered in deep space to form spectacular, multicolored nebulas, making space skies more beautiful than ever. Uh, base building grid menu you know the base building menu has been totally overhauled it'll allow you to have fast access to the things you need 
to build what you want. Uh, as well as speed, this overview allows players to see the full range of available parts, helping bring diversity and interest to your builds. Uh, each settlement is unique. So there's a myriad of settlement parts and what this aims to accomplish is that every settlement that you happen across is going to have its own unique look and feel to it. Can't really speak to that at the moment because I've only found one settlement, but I'll be sure to update you as things go along. The number of save slots has been increased from five to 15. Uh, there's enhanced destruction effects. So destruction is crunchier and more satisfying with reworked visual effects for asteroid destruction, exocraft crashes, crystal mining, terrain editing, and enemy explosions. I'm gonna have to go blow some shit up later. Uh, you can help the settlements grow. They start off small and modest with a sparse population and only a few buildings. You choose what to build and you provide the resources to construct those buildings to transform them into flourishing towns. Yes, hundreds of new base parts, uh, steam trading cards and badges if you're playing on PC. We already talked about defending settlements from the Sentinels and you're gonna be able to save more of your discoveries. So the number of discoveries that can be saved locally before uploading <clears throat> has been doubled. Uh, if you're like me, you'll usually planet hop quite a bit before you start uploading your discoveries to get that sweet cash payout. Is you're gonna see, you're gonna be able to see the kind of disposition that the settlers have and like their, just their, their thoughts basically their general disposition. So you're gonna get an idea of how your settlement's doing just by looking around and being interested in your community. Uh, the most interesting aspect is the idea of resolving the disputes between citizens. So the note says settlement life is not always harmonious. As overseer, you will occasionally be called upon to help resolve disagreements between settlers. Do your best to be a fair and compassionate judge or cast blame widely and use the fines to boost the settlement's finances. The choice is yours. <laughs> you can earn resources from your settlements. There are enhanced environmental effects. You have advanced building controls. You can move around base parts. You can make important decisions about your settlements. The list goes on. So No Man's Sky, once again, just adding more and more content, adding more and more things that people want. And it continues to become a game that is far greater than the vision at its outset. AMC, as someone who is always looking for a reason to eventually <laughs> boot up No Man's Sky, how do you feel about this update? I mean, it looks absolutely amazing. Ever since uh, I last saw it, which was at your place, um so months ago like that from where i had played it to where it had gone like like just it was a completely different game what i was watching almost at the level of um when you're just looking at what was it the uh dead space the original and then the remake i felt like what i was watching at your house was no man's sky like remaster or remake <laughs> mm -hmm. because it was just a completely different game completely just more defined more polished and um just so full of life um and yeah just just more living as as opposed to what we saw when the game first came out and so um with that like now taking that like level of what we'll say um the game looking like it has more life and being at you're in a place where it's a settlement and you have people walking around it's a damn near like it's a city um it's 
yeah, it's uh, it's it's absolutely incredible. I mean, I if I have the time, I, I saw the other day I was going through like my just my library of games that like I own just from like that I haven't even downloaded. I just uh, from the years from the PS4 and uh, you know adding games to PS Plus things on those lines. And I did see No Man's Sky, and it's like free upgrade available. And I was like, oh shit! <laughs> I was like, I could always just jump into No Man's Sky, play it on my PS5, and just start from scratch and really like you know give that game like just another go but like in this completely new concept of what that game has become and so yeah it's uh it looks absolutely awesome uh and it also looks like somewhat daunting in that like just the fact that you can do so much in this game uh while you're you know always making your way i guess towards the center of the universe uh so yeah it's uh it's it's there it's like right there it's just i would have to it's it's more one of those things that I would have to be inspired to play it in that like I watch like some movie where there's like space travel or just a space odyssey type style of movie. And I was like, you know what? I need a motherfucking spaceship right now. And it's like, I'm hopping into no man's sky. So I think it's going to be one of those situations where I would just want to completely start from scratch. And I just really wanted to have like that, that sci-fi itch scratch, but specifically for that style of game. So yeah, it's all there, and I am definitely just keeping a running tally in my head of like just everything that that game has to offer. Um, but yeah, that's all I have to say at this time. <laughs> yes. You got anything else? Nope, that's all I got. Uh, you have any final words before we get out of here? Any final words? I mean, people just need to calm down. Man. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it really comes down to. Like, I'm, I'm not saying what's right or what's wrong. I'm not saying what's good or what's bad. All I'm saying is that, hey, maybe take a breather and let's talk about things in a rational way. <laughs> let's voice our concerns in a measured and precise way and have a dialogue. Let's have a discussion about things because just rushing to judgment and immediately being upset about something and demanding heads roll is it, it's unhealthy like you're going to take years off your life <laughs> you're just not going to live a full fruitful existence and it's like yo like it's these are video games it's not that serious stuff isn't out yet there's time to change there's time to correct course let's let's be a little more compassionate let's also be considerate of the passage of time, the shifting of circumstances, <laughs> things of that nature. Like, like I, I want to liken it to making a promise to a kid. Like you, you tell a kid, Hey, you know, in a, in a week, we're going to go to Chuck E. Cheese. And the kid's like, yay, I can't wait to go to Chuck E. Cheese a week from now. A few days later, it's like, well, I don't know. I just got a project. We're kind of working pretty hard at work. We're not going to Chuck E. Cheese. And the kid calls you a liar, hates you. You're the worst dad ever. And then the day before it's time to go to Chuck E. It would have been time to go to Chuck E. Cheese. You actually get the project done. You're good. You tell your kid, hey, we can go to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> like I promised. So... You it's told like, me that you, yeah. <laughs> you told me you weren't gonna go. I already hate you. I already, no, got, hey. I already got a new dad. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, the neighbors, my new day. Yeah. <laughs> Your mom, we're moving tomorrow and we're going to Chuck E. Cheese. But yeah, it's like, it, and even in that situation, when the dad comes back and it's like, yeah, you know what? Everything worked out. We're going to Chuck E. Cheese tomorrow. The kid doesn't sit there and say, well, you're still a liar and I still hate you. The kid's like, oh, this is great. I get to go to Chuck E. Cheese. In the gaming community, when a decision like what happened with Horizon comes up, it's, oh, they're liars, they're terrible, they're greedy, uh, PS3. <laughs> and all but it, it's, there's always losing credibility with gamers, but it never seems to come back, which is messed up because one, how can you be a liar about something that hasn't even happened? Game came out, game comes out in five months. They have plenty of time to fix it. So it's like, can we, can we remove the liar label now? Or is that going to stick? Or it's like, can they, they can't be trusted. We had to raise a fuss in order to get it to change. It's like, and it's the, it goes the other way when it comes to like YouTubers and leakers and things like this, where all they got to do is throw out a bunch of information and just get one thing right. And suddenly they're credible. Yet if they keep getting things wrong, they never seem to lose credibility. So it's, that's that's a different topic. It's just let's calm the fuck down and just let things play out. If you see something you don't like, say something about it and see what happens. Let's not get the damn pitchforks and the torches every time a decision hits the newswire. There's time. <laughs> let's use it. We're all chilling at home. I understand people are you know, looking for any avenue to vent their frustrations or to talk to people and engage. A lot of that's going to occur on the internet, but we got to do so in a healthy, in a healthy manner through healthy discourse. And we just got to chill the fuck out. AMC. Political well, issues. Action. <laughs> 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 